Hello and welcome to the Hales Owen Apostolic Church. Apostolic meaning what God says, not what man thinks. Please enjoy this teaching and if you want more, visit the website at halesowenapostolicchurch.org. football well, let's just try lighter lighten the mood a bit <laughs> well light of the sun not like brothers I used to really like football it used to be a real important part of my life um, and as I got older I started finding myself less kind of um, amused by it mainly mainly because Wolves didn't win as much but well, I found myself asking questions I'll be there watching it thinking what is the point of all this even if Wolves won the Champions League, I'd probably wake up the next morning feeling about the same. <laughs> feeling the same and go to work and things just carry on, don't they? No. <laughs> there are some things. That <laughs> and so we start thinking about straight away whether we'll win it next season. And the glory does fade away. Um, as a Wolves fan, we still lean on the glory from the 1950s and 60s, but it does fade away. And then, then I started thinking about what is that symptomatic of? You know, amazing things that have happened in our lives. And even in our Christian walks, the miracles we see, if we don't keep seeing them or keep reminding ourselves of them, that fades away a bit. There's an element that just disappears and it becomes the norm. And when amazing things have happened in the past, that satisfaction that we got from those things gets overshadowed by the problems of today. Yeah? Jesus told us not to worry about the problems of the future. There's enough to deal with today. <laughs> with today's problems and today's events. And there's a shadow of that in this way of life that the remembered brought forth, isn't there? There's a shadow of that thing that was so important still there in society. Even after such monumental events, how as a society we can kind of still forget what they're actually fighting for. Things move on, though. The way of life that was fought for has clearly changed anyway. And it seems to be changing at an ever-increasing pace, doesn't it? seems to be moving that trajectory very much diverging, diverging away from each other. Life goes on, doesn't it? Life goes on. The world keeps turning. We get up. I'm just going to remove that noise. My sidekick's not here today, so I'm in charge of everything, which is great. Um, but yeah, the world keeps turning and keeps moving on. And even Matt even told us and we learned about it last week, perseverance. You know, we've got to keep going with, you know, whether we like it or not, things will still move on. On a personal level, um, it's, even if, if I take myself back 15 years, already I've kind of achieved most of the things that I could have imagined that I wanted to achieve, and more, that I never had become a question on the list, so that's a bonus, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, yeah it is, indeed, yeah. Thanks, Mark. 
Always there helping, all the way, yeah. Helping me crystallize these goals. Um, but it, it, all of the worldly stuff wasn't quite as fulfilling as I'd hoped. I'd entered the world. You know, you, you leave your parents and you go into the real world. And you might have some ideas and goals, you know, some aims in life. But when you actually get there, there's, they're not quite as fulfilling as what you might have thought. And that's the common thing about things in the world. They're not quite what they seem, are they? At a distance, they look, might look great, but when you're close up, mm. I might have a limited imagination, but I'm pretty sure if I was in control of the entire world, I still would struggle to come up with anything that could give everybody long-term happiness and fulfillment lasting fulfillment. But it's, it definitely seems, and I think most of us here would agree, that we're built for something greater than what can be created by man, than what can be thought up by man. More than activities, imaginations, and creation of man is, nearly, is needed to truly satisfy man. That is a fact. Fact of life, number one. Okay? We need more than what man can create to satisfy us. Okay? That's why the things that might satisfy us for a moment, we have to keep doing time and time and time again. John 6, uh, verse 6, chapter 6, verse 63, um, that's the reality of this scripture, where it says it is the spirit that quickens, that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you, they are spirit, and they are life. It is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. So why do we keep investing all our time and effort in the flesh? Why don't we live life in that order? Spirit first, then flesh. Okay, we admit we have a flesh. Yeah, why don't we put it the, the spirit first? So live life in that order. Feeling empty? fill up on the spirit, get into the word. When we think about God, when we really do think about God and set time aside, and we hear about this pretty much every week, but I'm going to say it again, when we meditate and dwell on his word, it truly nourishes something so, so much deeper than what you get anywhere else. So, so even preparing for this sermon, I'll be, it's, it's like mining almost. You'll start somewhere and then you'll find another seam. And this one in particular, there's some really deep seams that are totally different. So you just can't, it never, it's never ending. And just for reading something, now and again I get absolute conviction of, and I can feel something that I can't even, com can't, can't even communicate to you, welling up this depth, this depth of God trying to communicate to this fallen man. And it's deep, and it's inexplicable, and it affects you. It, it really affects you. And you can be sat there, and tears can come to your eye. Not of sadness, not necessarily of happiness, it's beyond that. <laughs> it's something really, really deep. Psalm, verse 34, chapter 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want 
to those who fear him. We have been enlightened, ladies and gentlemen, most of us uh, have been enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and become partakers of the Holy Spirit. It's almost impossible to then look at life in the same way. Suddenly, everything is changed from, it has a different perspective to it. And this is why it's so important to get baptized in that Holy Spirit, because it's real and it changes everything. You start to see things from a kingdom, a godly perspective, rather than your own. It, what it does, it gives us a line of sight to the Creator. And sometimes there might be things in the way of that line of sight. You imagine that it's, it's got his laser on you once you've got the Holy Spirit. And that's how he fills you with this conviction, with that peace, with the fruit of the Spirit. Things can get in the way of that laser, but if you can get rid of them, it's always there. Okay, we get rid of them by repentance first, and we get into the Word and we pray. But that line of sight is so important. And that's why as soon as you've got a line of sight to the Creator, everything else is secondary. It's like bringing in the, when the Premier League started, and all of a sudden, all the leagues that were good enough are now crunched down a level. It's the same. That's what that line of sight, that's what the Holy Spirit brings. 1 Corinthians, verse 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 9. But, it, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Amen. Wow. So love God and stuff will happen to you that you couldn't even imagine. It will be that good. God, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So without the spirit, you can't appreciate, you can't even receive that depth that God wants to give to you. You can't even begin to fill that hole that we are born with that is for God. There is immense value in this. Immense. We've just learned 880,000 men died in World War I to defend a society that was worth defending then. There's more value in what God has to give us than what that society had to offer. And we should treasure this. This is worth dying for. Now these things are beyond the capability and even the imagination of man. And therefore, once we are gods, all of the constructs and the, 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 the creations and the things that we see are made of man, we see them for what they are. We, what Kev preached a few weeks ago, the scales fall from your eyes and you start to see things. You're like, Can't, I'm not going to do that again. Or, oh, that's a bit strange. You see things very differently. Um, and creation, the one thing I've noticed, that creation gets the respect it deserves. So, so I, I, if I was God, I would be quite angry that it, his, his perfect creation, humans, just think all of this just randomly happened. When we look and we research and we study the depth of the natural world and how all of that's come together with such precision that all of science can, base, can be based on that natural order. That's incredible. And you start to appreciate very simple things in life that you would have ignored before. 
God is so deep, there is no limit to it. Jesus talks about, come and drink this everlasting water of life. This is what that is, that depth. That we can keep going and partaking of that without any end. And it's not one of these things where you think, oh, right, I've ran out or it's not going to last forever. It piles blessing upon blessing. It builds this strength, this faith, and strengthens our relationship with God. Even if we limit ourselves and just look at what... Um, I don't know what stage he's having a party. I think he's getting treatment now. If we look at... Um, if we just look at what Jesus... If we ignore like the incredible scale of the universe and the depth of humanity and the variation we see, and we just look at the sayings of Jesus, it's, you can't... I mean, even that, the stuff he taught was unthinkable to man, even at that time, and certainly now. Yet, and this is the sad thing, it is, it is really possible to go through all of life and miss it entirely, and totally miss, and without finding any of this, without finding the truth, and living in depth, with a depth, with a vibrancy and a fulfillment that God clearly intended us to live with. That's the point. For he satisfies the longing of the soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. How hungry are we for God? How hungry are we? Because that's directly limited, that's directly related to the amount of good things he can fill you with. Do you come to the well of life and draw deeply, or do you take a quick swig here and there? If you're spiritually hungry, what are you prepared to do to fill and satisfy that hunger? Yeah? Are you really determined to fill that hunger? Are you prepared to stop willfully sinning? Or do you sin against your will and therefore need to spend more time in prayer and word and act with God? Don't give sin an inch. Don't have any spare time if that's what it is. Spend everything. Give him everything you've got. And then there's nothing left to sin. Put him first. Sin later. This is leaning on him. So we often talk about, oh, we've got to lean on God. When we're weak, he's strong. Well, great. What do we actually do in reality? Well, we need to be so weak so God can be so strong. Okay? We need to be so weak that every time we're left to our own devices, we're sinning left, right, and center. Which means that the only way we can not sin is to spend more time with God. Lord, let your will be done today. Let me sin no longer and bring everything before you. So what sin is it that brings you away from God? What do you fill up on instead of God? Who likes fast food? You can see where this is going now. Who, li who likes fast food? David, I knew someone. Yes, you're the unhealthiest. No one else likes fast food here. It's just David. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's too fast for you, Mark. Doesn't David, doesn't the flesh lust after fast food? I've eaten a McDonald's. I've put my hands up on a McDonald's before. And I'm as hungry by the time I've finished the McDonald's as I was before. You can't just have one. You need two, maybe three. And, uh, yeah, 
Well, it wasn't even full. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> but, yeah, that's it. Gluttony, yes, not green, not yet, anyway. The fourth one, <laughs> uh, yeah, isn't that funny? Piling sin upon sin. But doesn't the flesh just lust after that? It does. The mind knows it's not right. Or the mind might know that it's not quite good for us, but our flesh loves it. And we know, I'm sure a lot of us here, and we know people that are on the spiritual equivalent of fast food. Yeah? Um, to pacify that hunger. Because that hunger is still there. We can never get rid of it, apart from spending time with God. These things might suffice for a season, but in the end, it all leads to death. Fast food, spiritual fast food, it's the same thing. God fills the hungry soul with good, good things. God will fill the hungry soul with good things if we let him. Don't we all want good things? Some sadists around here might not. Fair enough, you make your call. But most people do want good things to happen to them. So make the changes in your life to draw nearer to God and let him do it. Test him. Let, test him in this. Let him do it in your life. We suffer a lot in this church. And how can those who suffer in the world make these changes? And the only way I can see is that we just have to keep spending as much time. It's a time thing. We've got to spend as much time doing the things of God as we possibly can. So there's not none left over to do all the stuff that harms us. 1 Corinthians verse 15, chap, chapter 15, verse 28. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Okay. My testimony time now. I thought I can't do it then, because uh, I've, got, I've got to do it now. So, we, we can turn everything to working in the Lord, okay? Everything we do, if we do it in prayer, and if we keep our line of sight to God, we can't forget to do it. That's the problem I get. Sometimes that line of sight gets blocked, and I'm thinking, in, I totally forget about God and don't bring him into the workplace, for instance. I had to go to Bristol this week, talking to, and I had to meet this big boss of this big company, and uh, went into the meeting room, and it was supposed to just be me and him, and there's this woman sat there. Yeah, right, this is interesting. This is after the sermon last week, so straight away after Johnson was like, right, I've got to be bolder, I've got to just constantly look for these opportunities. Interesting. Okay, well, so straight away I'm thinking, right, there's something going on here. Anyway, me went really well. The big boss had to go. Um, and we're talking about very fleshy things like torpedo launching systems and things like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, she, it, it, we got talking and um, she's like, oh, do you want to stay for a coffee? Said, yeah, I'd love to have a coffee. Brilliant. And so we got talking. She's got Crohn's disease. And she struggles uh, with, with her child and things like this. And she's like, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Do you believe in anything? What do you believe in? And so we had a great chat. She believes in God. I prayed for her. And 
she felt conviction and she'll go off on her way. And I don't know, I can't control the rest of her life, but I can input and inject Jesus into her life at that moment. And it's, I haven't heard from her since, she'll either done a runner or she'll come back, who knows? But we can turn anything, even a chat about torpedo launching systems, into work for the kingdom of God. And I tell you what, it's stuff like that that fills you more. So the meeting went well. But the chat about Jesus went even better for me. I was driving home in cloud nine. It's brilliant. It's better than if Wolves had won the Champions League, Ted. Yeah? And, but the devil will stop. He, he will try and stop that at every turn. He will use our own thinking to prevent that from happening. Because he knows that it will grow our faith, that it could grow someone else's faith, and that it's growing the kingdom of God which is obviously the thing that he's trying to destroy. So that lady believed in God. My question now is, it's one thing discussing with believers how we can get, peop- how, how, um, we can get closer to God and we can start to grow our faith, but how do we talk to people that have unbelief? How do we try and work with them to make sure that their labor isn't in vain? Sin. The only way I can see is sin, really. Yes, God can do everything, and I'll pray to everyone, but if I'm talking to someone, I think if I can get them to look at their sin, then we have something to work with them on. For example, yeah, our witness in our prayer is so powerful, but if people believe they're basically good already and have no need for a saviour, they they're not going to do anything. Yeah? They need to understand the scale of mankind's problem with sin. The law condemns us. The adulteress in John 8, yep, she was totally condemned by her sin. Remember? Who is going to make her free? How will she escape from that condemnation? And that's why we all need a saviour. If people don't understand their sin, Why would they ever repent? And this is the move from the flesh to the spirit. Romans 3.20 Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So if people can understand the law of God then they're aware of their sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, and upon all them who believe. For there is no difference. For all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we are realizing this scripture. But a lot of people don't realize it until their eyes have been opened and someone's told them about it. Yeah? How do we know a cow is called a cow until someone tells us it's called a cow? We need teaching. We need, and that's our job, to open the eyes of the, the blind. There is a desperate need for mankind to get right with God. And it's worth saying it's really important not to get into the debates. I've fallen, I've fallen headlong into this trap. Um, 
be careful. Don't get caught up in debate about evolution, atheism. These subjects are only worth talking about if they lead towards that repentance, that awareness of sin. I don't believe in any religion apart from doing the will of God. I'm going to make that statement now. Last week I was in a church at a kids' party and uh, spoke to the pastor there. It's a nice church. It's in Hagley. Hagley Free Church. Anyone been there? Yeah? Okay. Free, because it accepts all denominations. Um, anyway, I was talking to him. It's a great, nice little place. Much better than what we have. <laughs> uh, and he's like, yeah, the average age is 68 of the people that come. And he's got some really old people. <laughs> yeah. Mark would be a straight chicken, yeah. The average, the average age, yeah. And, and then we, I got, I'm trying to pin it down, what, what the problem is. They've never seen anyone baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and then you wonder why there are so many dying churches around this country. So many churches have been converted to housing or some other purpose. You know, we're looking, we see it all the time. And there's only a single reason for this, the death of the faith. And it's people not doing the will of God. They rely totally on the work of man. That's exactly what this church does. They're hardworking, they're diligent, they think they're faithful, they read the word, but they're not doing everything set out by God. They have not the spirit of God. Often they are people that are good, but in my experience there's always one thing in common, that they haven't seen anyone baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. And they deny, therefore, the power of God and look to man for the solutions. Well, that's working in vain. They are working in vain. No matter how much effort they put into that church, they are working in vain. We do not realize how blessed we are to be in this church. We've had it already today, in a church that sticks to the word of God, no matter how uncomfortable that might be. And it's not uncomfortable in spirit. It's uncomfortable to this flesh thing. It likes easy, fast things that we can deal with that don't challenge our presumptions of life. Our church, us lot, can never work in vain as long as it's in the will of God, as long as it stands on that word and the spirit of God. Things like forgiving our enemies, blessing them, walking in the spirit, not the flesh, speaking in other tongues, it all sounds totally crazy from a man's perspective, which is exactly why he needs to renew our minds. We're lively stones. We look at life through a different lens, and that's the Christian lens. We become aware of our externally effect, the exter eternal effectiveness of our actions, which is why born-again born Christians do what we do. We're prepared to look foolish, because we know that there are eternal implications for what we do in, on this planet. Leslie had this scripture on Wednesday, and I like this scripture. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Okay? So use the problems. You, have, you always have a choice to use them for God or to forsake God and use them for something else. 
We pass from passive to active in the spiritual realm by doing this. Instead of eating the fast food, we're preparing nourishing food for the soul. And the devil wants to stop that from happening. But I've made a decision, okay? As an adult, I've made the change of mind. I am not going to be under the sway of the devil anymore. 1 Peter 4, 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange things happen to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. And this, my friends, is the will of God, not to labor in vain. He doesn't want us to pray in vain. He doesn't want us to speak in vain. He doesn't want us to think in vain. He doesn't want us to do good works in vain. He wants us to work as unto working for God. He wants us to do all in the name of Jesus so that the things we bind and loose on earth will also be bound and loosed in heaven. And heaven is eternal. There's no end to heaven. That's eternity. How can we labor in vain when we are eternally blessed by God for what we do? We can't. We let the flesh think that. But our spirits have this eternal blessing. No matter how noble our cause on earth, God doesn't want our lives to be in vain. Anymore, we don't want the work and the suffering of those fallen in World War I and II and all the rest of them to be in vain. When we pray that your will be done, all God's will for us is that we sin no longer. And don't forget, it's a sin not to tell people about what we know. The devil will try and get us to sin at every turn. That's why society's changed. They're trying to make children sin in the schools all the way through. There's a massive growing problem with sin because sin is the thing that stops God working in our lives. Hebrews 6.4 Do we have that earlier? Yeah. Uh, it addresses this directly when it says that once we have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away... It's impossible to renew them again to repentance. There is nothing better than the gospel. There is nothing better than the gospel. We can be in the kingdom of God even now, spiritually. That is everlasting, perfect satisfaction. So any problem that we get in life should be viewed through that lens, from that perspective. Do we... Do we realistically, do we really look at the things that we have to deal with in our life through that perspective? Or do we think that is something for other people that have more faith? Okay? And you need a mustard seed of faith for all of this to be realized in your life. Wow. It's a process, though. I think it's a process of realizing the gifts of God. It's definitely been, for me, five years of Christian. And at times I could feel my brain literally being crunched and changed as previous thought processes and desires were largely gone. Not perfect, 
Some of them are still there. But I'm being worked on. And the more I do stuff like this, you know, the more I try and put myself out and speak to more people and all the rest of it, the more I'm being worked on. I can see that. The more the, the, my mind becomes the mind of God and the more that I can see beyond my fleshly desires and the lives uh, and, and work for the lives of God and put myself out for the lives of others and of God. This is the will. So this is what has been lost at that period from 1921 to now. There's, it's that selfish, self-centered human desire to do whatever I want, to maximize my happiness at the expense of everybody else. There's no society. We see it in politics. No one's prepared to stand apart and, do, and sacrifice their own career. That's what it takes to say the right thing. This has been lost. Over this generation, the good things have not been passed on. And as Christians who still believe in the word of God, it's so important that we get this message back into the schools, back into our children, and back into society. Everything's possible with God. And we're with God. So I don't see why we can't get this back into society. And show people that God's real. Someone once said to me ages ago that becoming a Christian is like bringing your first baby home. Everything changes from that day. And Christianity has totally changed everything for me. Every relationship I've got, um, every, every thought, you know, just everything's changed. It might even be the same thing, but I look at it slightly different. And, and I was quite a good person before. I didn't kill anyone. I wasn't in prison or anything like that. And it's had that massive effect on my life for good. And that's how much God's had to work in me to try to make me a good person. <laughs> Even the one I've approached, servant leader, Jesus leads by example. So, so we have to, with what we have, have to prop up the people that don't have what we have. Like what you said, we're a body of Christ, doing the things. We have certain strengths, we have certain weaknesses, by working together, we can get rid of a lot of those weaknesses as a group, as a community. And this is one of the problems around the UK, where there's no central hub for community, apart from the pub. By coming together, we can focus on the strengths, and we can build strengths, and we can minimize and gradually reduce the effect of weaknesses on our lives. And therefore, we can have a better life if we work together. Now, sometimes my flesh does reel at that, but I know what is right, and I'm determined to do it at my own expense. I will go against the flesh. Every time I can see it's something in the flesh, I'll do whatever I can to go against that as much as I can, okay? And that increases, because that's like going to the gym. It's building that muscle to defend myself from these attacks by trying not to do the fleshly things all the time, but calling it out for what it is, being aware of it, and then trying to do the opposite of what this flesh wants. Yeah? What's the alternative? I often ask myself this. I'll be sat in the car thinking, oh, it's too hard. I can't do this. I just want to eat all that fast food. I just want to not come to church and have to tell you guys about the glories of God. It'd be so much better just to sit at home and watch telly. 
would it? That doesn't make sense, does it? The alternative is that you're on your own. The alternative is that you can have no effect on society. That you can have no eternal purpose. <laughs> there is so much suffering in this world. There's so much suffering that we see, and there's even more that we don't see. We can make huge differences with God in our lives. That's got to be one of the purposes. We can make huge spiritual differences, but we can make massive difference in the world with God. I personally can be infinitely more successful with God than without God. We learned it from John last week as well. Sold his business, thinking what's going on, but I'm going to follow God. And he's been blessed many times over, hasn't he? In a much deeper way than what he could have done himself. Even the type of success will be deeper and more fulfilling and more rewarding with God than without God. So don't cut him out. Let him come in more and more every day. The things I do in the name of Jesus have everlasting benefits. And I genuinely believe everything's possible with God. If we can let him work as a society, who knows what could happen. Right, so just coming to right, the last few bits now. Okay, so, so modern society is struggling. We can see that. It's struggling because it's lost its faith. The Western liberal society has lost its Christian faith. With God out of the equation, then it put all its faith in man, reasoning, philosophy, trying to work out ultimate meaning. Two world wars and communism later, people are starting to see that if the goal is happiness, faith in man doesn't make any sense either. So society is lost. Faith in man doesn't make any sense either. So where do we go from that? Where can society go? God's gone. Man's gone. Once we have tasted the rivers of this living water, the answer becomes apparent. To immerse oneself in popular culture for any length of time is to allow an almost unbearable shallowness to swallow you up. And really, was the sum of European endeavor, the purpose of mankind, whatever you believe, the sum of the last 10,000 years so that we can watch Strictly on a Saturday night? Yeah, we've got to rest, but is that the purpose of it? Did all human achievement really end up with this? Edmund Burke, he was a, an economist in the 18th century, and he made a good insight that a culture and a society are not things run for the convenience of the people who happen to be there right now, but it's a deep, deep pact between the dead, the living, and those yet to be born. So if we're just living for ourselves, we forsake all of that. We have an obligation to ensure that the good things of God are passed on to the next generation. And we know that for them to get good things, we have to be hungry enough for God. We've got to put ourselves out to do the right thing. Bringing a godless generation through who rely on other people and purchase power for their happiness, we are going to ensure that they have the 
shallow, that we have the shallowest generation ever. You can see it happening. So shallow, it's incapable of believing anything it cannot see, taste, touch, and experience in the senses. No faith. A faithless generation. So, we can't let that happen. We've got to spend our time if the way this world works is through the councils, through the local MPs, whatever it might be, we've got to be constantly gnawing away. We've got to be phoning up the headmasters of the schools, asking them why they're sending our kids to LBTQ thing, clubs when they're 12. Unbelievable. There is no greater joy for me than to hear that my children walk in the truth. And that's the same for God. We can bring joy to God for that, and he will bless the efforts. So bring joy to God by walking in truth all your life. That should be our primary purpose. Now just end with Jude 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So labor not in vain. Don't get distracted. You, us, me, we are the only ones with the light. We're the only ones capable of not laboring in vain. Regardless how low your self-esteem, regardless how poor you think you are in your strength, that's totally irrelevant. Believe the word of God. Regardless what the world says it needs, the gospel. Where else is it going to go? That's why it's getting worse. It's lost. There's nowhere else it can put its time and effort. So it's desperate. And I promise you, if it's not the Christians, it's the Muslims. They're doing this. People are converting to that because they've got no, nothing else to hope in. Mankind needs something to hope in, and it's got to be the one true God. It's got to be Jesus Christ and no other. It needs hope beyond the workings of man and it is our job as Christians to ceaselessly work for the kingdom of God for that, my friends, is the only thing worth working for. That is what's worth fighting for. Thank you.